Welcome to another episode of the Off Market Operator Show. This is your host, Cole Rue Johnson, and today's show might be the best show so far. Um, I talk a lot about on this podcast going from hustler, hustler to operator to architect. This show is about becoming a leader, which is one of the main things you have to do if you want to climb that ladder and build a company that does real estate deals instead of just having busyness and a high paying job and always chasing down that next deal yourself, uh, micromanaging people, all that kind of stuff is addressed in the show. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. People don't fail at real estate because they suck. They fail because there's too many ways to succeed. That's why I suggest you focus on the most important skill in all of real estate, which is finding deals. I'm Colbert Johnson, and in this podcast, I share the exact steps I've used to source 400 deals by age 24. This will allow you to do three things, control your deal flow, make unlimited income, and build your empire as an off-market operator. When I was 19 and I was first launching uh, my first real estate business, you're, you're chasing that deal down, right? You're chasing that deal. You're chasing that check, you know, for me and a lot of people, you know, and I, I preach now, like don't make the material thing, the thing. Um, but for a lot of what I was doing, uh, when I was starting out, the material thing was the thing in the sense of like, I did want that BMW. I didn't want that watch. I did want to, you know, show that I was having some kind of success and you're constantly hustle, hustling for the next deal. And if you guys have listened to me for any amount of time, you know, I talk a lot about the ladder of going from hustler to operator to architect and being an architect of your business. And uh, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, the hustler has to die for the business owner to appear. Uh, what does that mean? That means um, the part of you that got you into the game of business, the game of real estate has to die if you want to build a real estate company. And a lot of what this podcast focus on is, you know, how do you build a real estate company that does deals rather than building, you know, a high paying job for yourself where you're constantly chasing down a bunch of deals. Because not every dollar weighs the same. And what does that mean? If you are chasing down deals every single day for the rest of your life, like a lot of real estate brokers do, a lot of agents do, and you're not building a business, you're not building infrastructure systems, processes, team, and becoming a leader, uh, you will end up in you know the hamster wheel forever. And I know so many agents and investors that, um, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s that join our group or work with me one-on-one who are in that position of they've just never slowed down to really put the infrastructure in place that they need to build the company that they want to build. And that is what this podcast is for. It's for um, everyone that listens to it to understand you can build a, a company that does real estate deals rather than being on that grinder forever. And I, I wasn't a naturally born business guy. I didn't naturally have business acumen. I came from a family with a couple of real estate brokers, but by no means did they have what I would call businesses um, in the real sense of systems, processes, team, and, and all the things that go with that. Um, I didn't, I'm, not, I'm not a graduate of some Ivy League business school. Um, I've learned everything I've learned when it comes to scaling a business the hard way. F uh, finding a choke point, fixing it. Finding a choke point, fixing it. And being willing to slow down. And sometimes your, your income will take a hit. As you slow down, you hire and you delegate. I could pocket a lot more money than I do. So much of my money goes into R&D, trying things, trying marketing channels, hiring people, uh, systems, processes, delegate. Like, it's, uh, to, to me, that's why I said just now that not every dollar weighs the same. Because to me, a dollar made by a business, that that thing's an asset that runs on its own with a team, with systems, with processes, and with tools, and I'm the leader of the business, and I own the asset rather than I am the asset, that dollar is worth a lot more than me, more to me than if I'm chasing down deals every single day, right? Like the, the, my favorite, one of my favorite sayings is solve for zero. Solve for the thing that takes as little of your time as possible and work on the highest leverage things that you can. And the highest leverage things that you can work on in this business right, is not you 
knocking on doors or putting out bandit signs. Or if you're doing industrial commercial, you know, that's not you calling brokers all day. That's not. Um, so you want, I really want to focus this episode on the most important part of doing all this, which is going from hustler to leader. Okay. What does that mean? When we're hustling for deals, when we're chasing down deals, when we're doing the fix and flips ourselves, when we're doing the wholesale deals ourselves, when we are hustling our way day in and day out, a lot of times we're not doing anything when it comes to improving our leadership. And a business is never going to outpace your growth as a leader, right? Because you set the pace, you set the speed, you set the culture as a leader of a company. People forget that. They expect people to show up a certain way, shape, or form without being that first themselves. And so this episode is about the steps you can take to become a leader, even if it's you and one partner. You know, I have a guy in our circle group that I'm going to break down for you guys in a second. But I said, hey, guys, you're not communicating with each other in a healthy way. You guys aren't being leaders of a company. And when we, even when you go hire your first virtual assistant, you're not going to be able to maximize their production because you don't have culture, you don't have camaraderie, you don't have a team, you don't have leadership, okay? And the number one rule of leadership is the willingness to make a decision. Okay, what does that mean? That means your team, okay, as when you own a company and you're not just a hustler, when you own a business, and that could be a partner, a virtual assistant, you're, you work for your employees. Your staff comes to you with help to fill the resource and knowledge gaps. You set the vision, you set the cadence, you set the, the business plan, you set the expectations and you measure against those. Um, you implement processes, you make the hires, but your team's job is to fill resource and knowledge gaps with your help. Okay. So your job as a leader come become strategizing, reflecting, coaching, and you become the obstacle remover of your company. Okay. So someone comes to you with a problem around, Hey, we need more lead flow. Hey, we need, you know, our transaction pipeline isn't moving quick enough. Or you look at your KPIs for your company and you say, Hey, you know, we're not getting to our leads quick enough. Like, like in, in, in my companies, my sales teams, we track speed to lead. We want to know how quickly we get to a lead. So if you do not have the ability to measure and reflect and your team doesn't trust you to come to you to solve problems with them. And, and there's, it's a two pronged approach. You want to help solve their problems and remove the resource and knowledge gaps that they have, but also train them on, on being self-sufficient, taking ownership over the role and solving problems themselves. But the first thing that comes to becomes being a leader is understanding that the number one rule of leadership is the willingness to make a decision. So when an employee comes to you with a problem, it is your job to either help them come to a clue conclusion and train them and coach them on how to remove obstacles themselves, or you provide a solution by making a decision. Okay, a leader, leaders like like Jeff Bezos says, right? A, a executive's job in, in Amazon is to make six to seven very good decisions a day. That is it. Because leaders, the number one job is to make decisions. Look at data, reflect, and make decisions. So that's a, that's a couple. That's a, that's a deep thing right there. Because a lot of you guys think, man, that's easy. I make decisions all day. But no, you really don't. You make guesses. A decision and a guess. That's that's a, a, a decision based on data is different than a guess. Okay. So the first thing you have to do to be able to be a good leader is to have the data. And I, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the saying, you know, track everything, but make a decision on a few things. Okay. So we want to track every KPI in our business, but make the main thing, the main thing, which is two to three KPIs, which all the other KPIs fall under, but you can't be a good leader, right? Cause the number one tenant of being a leader is being, is being willing and able to make decisions. That's not being willing and able to make guesses. Being able and willing to make good decisions based on data comes to tracking your company's data. So if you're listening to this and you don't have data on your company, you're never going to be able to become a good leader because you can't make educated decisions. You can only make uneducated guesses. Two, it goes to what I just said. It's helping people remove obstacles and resource gaps. And that starts with teaching them to be self-sufficient, even if it's a virtual assistant. I, my number one job is I coach and mentor and grow the leaders in my companies is to help them become people who can draw their own conclusions and make their own decisions, even if I think they're wrong. And so when someone comes to me with a problem, 
they say, hey, Cole, hey, I just, you know, our lead flow is a little slow. The sales team came to me and said their, their pipeline's a little slow. And I can see that based on our KPIs. They might say, hey, Cole, how do I solve this? I might say, what is your suggestion? And they might go, well, I think we should ramp up paid ads because our, our return on ad spend right now is 10x, right? This is a situation I just had where we were slow on ads and we're growing our sales team for one of our companies. And my um, COO slash president, Spencer, came to me and he said, hey, Cole, you know, we're having issues with lead flow. What do I do? I said, here's what we do. We look at our KPIs and you tell me what we should do. He goes, well, we shouldn't even add on any of the marketing channels. We're getting 11x our return on ad spend on paid ads. Let's ramp up paid ads. And that's a decision that he was able to come to a conclusion himself. And next time he's going to be more confident, right? And that is leadership. Leadership isn't making decisions for people. It's being willing to make decisions based on data and then helping people come to the conclusion that they believe serves the company best and coaching them on that discernment because you do not, unless you want to always be strapped to your business and be a hustler forever, you need people to be able to make their own decisions. Okay. And that's the, that's the first part of being a, a good leader is the willingness to make decisions on good data. Okay. That, that means we need data. So we're not guessing. That means we need to train our team also one that they can trust that they can come to us until we help them come to their own conclusions. That's number one. Okay. Number two is consistency. Okay, even if you have one virtual assistant and you have one business partner, if you are coming on your company call every single week, and I recommend you guys do have at least one weekly all hands company meeting, um, you know, a famous saying by one of my business coaches, um, who is an EOS implementer is always at Cole, like, really all EOS does is or a good business operating is, is it's good meetings. And so having a good structured meeting once a week, and I'm going to put on a podcast just on meeting structure later on for a different episode. But the thing you have to understand with um, the second core tenant here which is consistency is you can't show up to the team meeting every single week with a different plan. Okay. You can't a bad, this is what a bad leader does. They're, they have golden object syndrome to the extreme. Every single week they show up, Hey, let's maybe do this. Let's maybe do that. Let's maybe do this. Let's maybe do that. You're going to confuse the hell out of your team. It should be keeping the main thing, the main thing every single week. And how do you guys as an organization attack your biggest bottleneck for each department? And not only that, but I like to ask the question, if we 10x every day, I like to ask my question, this question to my team, if we 10x our focus on one thing, what would be that thing that moves the needle the most from us? And then you attack that and you keep that marching order the same every single week until it's solved. So as a leader, the second thing you do, once you're willing to and able to make good decisions and you train your team on making decisions and you build leaders inside of your company, the second thing that you have to do is, is stay consistent, right? A good leader is consistent, right? If you, you know, it, it's just extrapolates across life, right? If you had a coach in, let's say football, and that coach is showing up to practice every single day, calling, changing the playbook every single day, not based on data, but just because he felt like it that day, he was in the mood. You would lose trust for that coach very, very, very quickly. Same thing that your people in your company, even if they're virtual assistants, but they were still real people that are working for you, business partners, anyone that looks to you as a leader, if you can't have that consistency day in and day out, they will not you not you not build the leadership structure you need to build to lead a company. Okay, so we have the the ability to make decisions and the willingness to make decisions. We have the second thing, which is consistency, and the third core competency you have to have to go from hustler to leader is the muscle of delegation. Okay, good management is effective delegation, and delegation done wrong is just abdication. So delegation is not you passive aggressively send a Slack message to someone on your team saying, "Hey, get this done," and then you get mad at them because they don't get it done. Delegation is a process and it's a muscle. So the first thing to understand about delegation is it is a muscle you have to build over time. No one wakes up naturally good at delegating. Um, you know, I honestly, and, and it's my belief that a lot of the laziest entrepreneurs get the best at delegating, right? Like myself, like I don't want to do the boring admin work. I'll do it if it has to get done, but I'm lazy. I want to focus on high leverage tasks that move the needle. I don't want to worry about admin stuff. So I learned to delegate early on, but it is a muscle. So if you're watching this 
you're not going to hire your virtual your virtual assistant overseas or your first staff member and be great at managing or delegating. Okay, delegating is something that is a muscle that has to be built with reps day in and day out for oftentimes years. But to get started, the first thing you want to focus on is clarity. Okay, so if you're a leader of a company and you're going to start you're going to start going from hustler to leader, you want to hire off your calendar. So don't just go online and see me talking about executive assistants and COOs and VPs and marketing and all that crap. Hire based on your calendar. And um, second thing you need to do after you you know where the holes in your calendar are and what you need to let go of is create an actual process for delegation. So you need to you need to learn to create an SOP. You need to be able to create a company playbook where people can find those SOPs. You need to be able to measure and reflect and set clear deadlines. An example of this is if I'm going to delegate a project, I'm going to say, here's the project. Here's how you know it's triggered. Here's what has to get done and how to do it. Here's what I expect. Here's what the definition of done is. Here's what a completed project looks like in this regard with these things I'm delegating to you. And then here's how you report to me that it's done. And I, your goal as an effective leader should be to delegate everything you can. Every single thing you can delegate, you should. Because one, it's a muscle, and two, you're going to feel guilty doing it at first, but it's how you build a company is by delegating. Okay, Again, like Bezos says, and this is a way high-level example, but good leaders, they make a couple good decisions a day. That is their job. Okay, So your job is to clear your bandwidth and delegate as much as you can. If you guys can do those three things, you guys can be willing and able to make decisions. You guys are consistent in implementation and consistent in the theme and the problems you're addressing with your team. And the last thing is you build that delegation muscle and you delegate, not abdicate. You can build a fascinating, incredible company with people that show up every single day with ownership over the roles, wanting to work for you and building that organization. Okay. I'm going to add a bonus here, which is communication. I think communication and when it comes to leadership and leading people is so important. You cannot be passive aggressive. You cannot be uh, you, you frankly cannot be a dick. And uh, you know, I've had business partners and people I've worked with in the past that um, businesses can fall apart by people being a dick. So the number one thing you need to implement is a no asshole policy. Whether someone's working for you, they're working with you, they're a partner, you need to have a no asshole policy, meaning you don't have assholes in your organization because they can taint a whole organization. Okay, the second thing you understand about communication, I call it instant performance feedback. It comes from one of my favorite books, which is called The Manager's Handbook. And instant performance feedback is a, is a way organizations healthily communicate. So instead of monthly reviews, weekly reviews, quarterly reviews, it's a way to um, encourage good behavior and discourage bad behavior in real time in a respectful way. The two things that go into instant performance feedback are caring personally and communicating directly. So an instant performance feedback cadence looks like you set the expectation, you measure against that expectation, okay, you... Um, you then remove obstacles, you then provide support, and you create alignment. So a situation could look like if I see a team member of mine, let's go negative and positive as a positive example. Let's say I see a team member of mine who has um, you know, missed three meetings in a row. Okay, So first meeting, whatever, family emergency, second meeting, what's going on, third meeting, that's a problem. I'm going to send a Slack message or get on a call with them, and I'm going to implement instant performance feedback. I'm not going to be passive aggressive and say, hey, man, show up for meetings or else. I'm going to say, here's the deal. I expect the people that work for me to be engaged in meetings because that meet, good meetings set good culture and people pick up on what other people are doing in the company. Boom. That's my expectation. Two. Okay. Two is measurement. You know, Bob, I've noticed you've missed three meetings in a row. I understand the first one, you had a family matter, but it's been three meetings in a, no row, in, in a row now and people are starting to take notice of that. That's measurement. Okay. Then I'm going to ask for obstacles. I'm going to say, hey, Bob, 
what obstacles are you facing right now in showing up towards meetings? And he might go, yeah, you know, I just, I have this training I like to do at the same time as our meetings, or I'm really struggling with, I feel like I'm not getting my work done. Or, you know, I, you know, it's, you know, sometimes I forget about the meetings. Okay. So they're going to give you obstacles that they're facing. Then it's your job as a leader to provide support. Okay. What support looks like isn't you doing everything for them. It's you extending your hand a little bit so then they can align with the company. So now that we've done expectation measurement now, and we've, we've gotten their obstacles. Now we can provide support. Hey, Bob, I understand. It's, I, I can, I can tell it's difficult for you. Um, with prioritizing time versus clients and showing up during internal meetings. So what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to have my personal executive assistant send you weekly reminders for now of the meetings to make sure you are aligned. If if I can make that happen, can we agree you're not to miss more than 10% of the internal company meetings? And then Bob would say, yeah, cool. You know, I appreciate it. We can agree on that. So now, one, I've provided support and I've created an alignment with him. We've come to an agreement that benefits the company. Okay. And the last part you can always do is tie it to the future. So say, hey, Bob, the more meetings you show up to, man, like the more money you're going to make um, because we implement solutions, we address real problems, and you do have a lot of bottlenecks you're facing in your role that the team can help you with. And that is the last part, which is creating, and it kind of goes with alignment, but it's creating future vision. Um, so that's a bonus, guys. But if you can implement these four things, you will become a leader and you will build a company you are super proud of. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know this was a longer episode, about 15, 16 minutes. I had a lot to say on the subject and a lot more I still can say. And this is one of my favorite topics because I think being a leader is is the one of the hardest skills to build, the more, one of the most important. And, you know, learning how to communicate, learning how to build teams, make good decisions based on data, um, keep consistency in your organization, and delegate. Um, if you can do all those things, you can become an incredible leader. And I'm excited to hear your guys' feedback on this show. As always, I read your DMs. I get a lot of DMs every show about advice, guests you want to see on. I will be doing another um, round of guest shows soon. I don't know exactly when, but I would deeply appreciate a share on your story, a comment, a review on one of the podcast apps that you listen to this show on and a share with a friend. I mean, I don't market this show at all. It's all spreads through word of mouth. So it would be extremely valuable to me if you could share. Um, and I'm super excited to continue to help you guys become off market operators. So as always, you guys, until next time, you are only one deal away.